The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time to talk uh, motoring, and uh, Eamon Ryan must be encouraged, even as he drops the subsidy on electric vehicles, because the numbers of EVs uh, sold are on the rise. To take us through some of the figures, motoring editor with the Sunday Independent, Ger Herbert. Ger, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So um, it's inevitable because uh, not, I think, that anyone's going greener faster. It's just the number of models available is multiplying. Absolutely. And there has to have been some impact about the cutting of the grant or the reduction of the grant. Now, that was announced in in March. I'm sure if you went into a dealership at that stage and placed an order, you may not still have got a car. So it's hard to know whether we're going to actually see those figures. We might see them next month or the following month. But definitely there was, I suppose, a surge in interest as well of of buying electric cars. The other thing was um, Tesla, remember, um, reduced their prices in January. Again, a lot of those cars appeared in June. So that bumped up the numbers as well. But even if we look at the six months we have 14,307 were sold which is 69% up on last year. Now the market is up as well it's up 18% overall between this time last year. It's still down 4% on on pre-COVID levels and I think that's where the car market wants to get back to is those sort of you know the last normal year. It's a question of whether or not it will recover to those numbers uh, because younger people are you know, not depending on the car like uh, I used to depend on the car to go socialising. Nowadays, kids get taxis because taxis, in spite of the complaints, are more available than they used to be. Yeah, but then when we see the numbers trying to do the driving test, um, there's still an awful lot of interest in getting a car and having a car. And if you're living in rural Ireland, you can't be depending on public transport. And remember, a lot of young people don't do nine to five jobs. So if they're working out of hours, public transport doesn't always work for them as well. So there's lots of reasons then. The housing crisis as well is encouraging people to stay at home and maybe commute more. So, you know, we're not at a stage now where we're going to replace the car for young people at all. So who's doing well? I mean, if the pioneers were... I suppose the Nissan Leaf was the pioneer of the electric car, followed by the BMW i3. And then Volkswagen jumped into the mix, although stateside Tesla were big Mm. and came in here before the IDs uh, of Volkswagen. So who's doing well out of all of this? Yeah, well, Tesla have done particularly well this year and they've done particularly well across Europe. The Model Y was the best-selling car in June in Ireland, not just the best-selling electric car, the best-selling car. Again, that was down to a lot of orders coming in at the same time. Um, So in terms of the best-selling electric vehicle brands, it's VW, Tesla, Hyundai, Kia and BMW. In terms of the actual models. The ID4 has done very, very well for Volkswagen and is still doing well. Tesla Model Y, the Ionic 5, the Enyaq, the Skoda Enyaq and then the Tesla Model 3. So you see two Teslas in the top five and that's down to price reductions and mm. orders as well. In terms of the overall market, hybrid is down 8% on this time last year and diesel is down 3%. Now I reckon what's happening there, the hybrid buyers are going electric and the diesel buyers are going petrol because we see petrol is up, we see EVs yeah. are up and plug-in hybrids. There's still quite small but they're up but still so there's still people who are not quite ready to go fully electric. It's interesting I I heard um, the head of was it Volvo in Ireland talking to Bobby a few months ago and he was saying one of the issues selling cars nowadays for people on the forecourt is that the salespeople themselves have to be educated in what they're selling and also the customer has to be educated in what they actually need I mean if you're doing the school run and a bit of shopping and you want to go electric, you can probably go fully electric, but you can also go PHEV mm. because you might need to go to Cork sometime mm. and the PHEV will get you to Cork because you'll never run out of a petrol station. Um, but equally, you can be driving electric all the time locally. 
Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. And it is it is important that people understand those those options. And I think if we go back to 2008, when they changed the tax system, remember, and it benefited diesel, we had all of these people in diesel cars who shouldn't have been in diesel cars. And again, yeah. that was just badly sold in car dealerships. And I think we're finally addressing that now when we see diesel going down. I think the, the only people who are really driving diesel these days are the people doing the really, really high And it mileage. makes absolute sense financially yeah. and in terms of... You know, the, the diesel nowadays doesn't need to be serviced as often. The filter has changed and all the rest of it. It makes perfect sense for people doing 50,000 miles a year. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we're, we don't have an EV infrastructure around the country that will facilitate that for people because we just don't have those really fast chargers. We know the plan is to have very fast chargers at every 60 kilometres of the motorway. That'll make a big difference. That'll suddenly... And loads of them. And loads of them. And then suddenly if you're dipping in for a couple of minutes and you're getting an extra 100 kilometres in your car, you are fine. But until then, yeah. you know... I, I dropped into one of the service stations when I was uh, test driving an electric car and uh, there were, I think there was one ESB charger... Uh, that had two ports on it. Mm-hmm. So you could, but Tesla had, I think, eight or ten pillars in the same location. Mm-hmm. So they kind of pr- have prepared their own market. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now they're beginning to share those um, chargers in Europe and in some countries, but n- there's no plans at the moment here. Um, and we see that in the States, there's huge competition now against Tesla at the moment because the, a lot of the car makers have got together to provide their own network because this is a big selling thing yeah. with Tesla in the States and it is here as well. So um, yeah, we, the infrastructure really is the key issue at the moment. Now there's all sorts of ideas as to how lost revenue might be mm. replaced, a weight uh, tax on heavier vehicles and so on. So if a fat person buys a car, will they pay more? I don't know. Come on. Uh, some of these ideas may seem a bit far-fetched, but congestion charges seemed far-fetched um, back in the day when uh, London introduced them. Now more and more cities. The, the Examiner today is a, a mm. huge spread on cities that are introducing congestion charges. What do you think? And the cost of like 10 euros to go into the city. Yeah. Um, look, I think we all accept the fact that drastic things have to be done if we're going to meet our very ambitious climate targets. And not only ambitious, there, there are legally binding climate change targets that we have to meet. Um, I think at the moment you have to provide alternatives to the car if you're going to, to penalise people. And we're not in any position in any city to be able to say you're fine, you should rely on your car. The one thing that is always missed about London is that they put on 300 extra buses the day the congestion charge came in. They already had a great public... um, Underground. Yeah, yeah, transport system anyway. So they have lots of alternatives. But even in London now, if you see when they've gone to extend that, the plan now is to extend it. There's huge opposition. Yeah, Um, I mean, the Labour Party lost that seat. They could have won from Boris Johnson's Mm -hmm. old seat. Uh, They lost it because of this plan. Yeah, so I think people accepted the fact that there was a, a, you know, a low emission zone within the centre of London. But now as they extend it and you're hitting those same issues that we have here, how many options do people have? And remember, they have those um, low emission zones quite in quite a few cities across the UK. Uh, some of the uh, texts coming in, EV charging points are a pure pain. Locally, I can charge using the ESP charger and EasyGo. Then over the last few weeks, I've travelled to a number of locations and went to an EV charger. But as it was not ESP or EasyGo, I could not charge unless I downloaded yet another app. Thus far, I've noted at least six different EV charging points, making it a very poor infrastructure. I do not want to have six to eight charging apps all requiring my information, thus delaying my journeys and taking away any of the good from my electric travelling. 
And some of them, you have to have money on them to use them. You have to have paid in advance. It's a total mess. That needs to be streamlined. The other thing at the moment, Pat, is summer holidays. People who normally charge at home are on the move. And it's really, really highlighting just the areas in the, in the, around the country that are really badly serviced for, for EV charges. Yeah. And I've noticed more and more queues. This is the result of our great success with selling 14,000 electric vehicles this year. Yeah. But as we sell another like another few thousand in the, yeah. the second half. And you can half, imagine uh, it's you know, arriving, say, uh, I stopped at Cashel to charge a car when I was on my way to Cork and uh, I was lucky you know one part of the charger was vacant but that's all there were there's one charger with two sides to it so two mm. vehicles could charge at that point I don't know what they've installed more mm. but if someone had been parked in that thing and, and looking for 20 minutes to get another 100k into the mm. the oak I was delayed by 20 and, minutes or half an hour. And that Cashel stop is crucial on the way to Cork. It's yeah. the one that everybody stops in. The other problem is though, Pat, at the busy forecourts you have people without who don't have an EV parked in EV bays and then you check your app and it says it's free but when you get there you can't actually charge and this person is having their lunch or something. So, Yeah. Um, what do you believe is the threshold for making the EV kind of the car to have? Because I was thinking... Um, is it Toyota have said they will have a solid state battery that mm-hmm. will deliver maybe a thousand kilometres mm-hmm. and will recharge in less than 50 minutes the whole 1,000? That's probably the game changer in 25, 26. Yeah, but I mean, you have to ask yourself, who needs that? You see, I'm always very slow to tell people, don't be going for the bigger battery if you don't need it. If you don't need that extra range, why are you paying the cost of an extra battery? You know, No, the- but I'm thinking Dublin, Donegal and back in one day on a charge that I've done at home mm-hmm. and then I can recharge at home overnight. That kind of thing changes the game. Instead of wondering when I get to Donegal, where am I going to find a charger? It does, but I don't think anybody would drive to Donegal and back and not stop for a coffee break or for something. So I think we need to be realistic. They're a very, very tiny minority. And I still get those people on Twitter saying, I'm never going to go EV until I can do 800 kilometres. But you think to yourself, nobody does that, honestly. Um, If we bring in congestion charges, um, the rich, like in London, will get Mm. the cities to themselves, just like the port tunnel here at peak time when it costs 10 euro there's nobody on the in the port tunnel. That's the problem with congestion charges. It hits the, 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 the those on the least income the hardest. And also, I mean, if you have one of those cars that are, are exempt from the congestion charges, it means you have the money to buy an electric car or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, they're very punitive in that sense. As an electric car novice, how long does it take to charge a car in the forecourt and how much does it cost to charge? It depends. The public charging network is far more expensive. It's about three times more expensive than what you will charge your car at home for. You're far better off charging your car at home. And then it depends on whether you go to the ESB, to Ionity, to whatever. They all vary. And it depends on the battery size and all sorts of things. Uh, took early retirement, bought electric, kept it for a year. Then I sold it on. Range was about half when you put on the heater, the air conditioner and go over 100 kilometres an hour on the motorway. There are not enough chargers around the country. Um the heater air conditioner, yeah, that does change the range reading, but it presumes that the entire of your journey is going to be done on that. On that. And once the air conditioner gets the temperature at the desired temperature, in fact, the amount of power it's using goes down. So. And cars are getting better at that with heat pumps and stuff as well. It, it makes up for that. So they're not drawing from the battery yeah. anymore. But the so point they is, are getting better. But yeah, but I, I mean, it's always predictive yeah, the range is. So. I think the ideal thing for most of the cars, they get their maximum range at about 90 kilometres per hour. Uh, so once you hit the motorway speeds, it's gobbling up the juice. But again, if you know you can pull off the motorway 
at regular intervals to top that car up, it's going to be like driving a petrol and diesel car. You don't have to worry about those things, but we're not there yet, Pat. And I have a final thing, and we talked about this on the programme before. Battery change stations for EVs in China allow the turnaround time to be much quicker. The idea being, it's almost like a Formula, Formula One, one change of the tyres. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that, though. It just seems well, like a sledgehammer approach. Yeah, well, what they have is they have a standard battery for mm. certain models, mm. and you just go in, you get credit for what's left in the battery, mm. and then you get a, a, an exchange battery. So you don't probably even own the battery. It's just mm. like... Uh, and that would work and it would just click in, click out, thank you, off you go, just like a pit stop. Mm-hmm. I'm not way. convinced, but I'd prefer <laughs> to see just lots of fast chargers. All right, Geraldine, thank you very much for joining us. Ger Herbert, motoring editor with uh, the Sunday Independent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.